Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Father, I just thank you for you are God and you are you are greatly to be praised. I thank you for this moment and opportunity. I thank you that you call us your sons and daughters, that we are your children. I thank you that you are mindful of us. I thank you that your thoughts towards us are good. I thank you for your love that is unconditional and your love that never fails, your love that will endure through generations. Thank you that you are God creator and we the created, we desire to worship you for anything that's created, its function is to worship its creator. And so God, we worship you today. We thank you, Jesus, for your your position at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on our behalf, that you are praying for us, Jesus, that you're praying the will of God concerning us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your leadership, that you lead us into all truth, bring all things back to our remembrance, that you are our comforter and our advocate. We thank you for your word, which will be deposited into good soil this morning. I declare each of us is good soil, that there will be no rocky or stony ground for the word to lay upon, but that it will take root, it will seed, and it will grow to bloom and blossom in our lives because we have made a commitment to apply your word in every situation, every day, that you will be glorified and get the glory out of our lives. We thank you now that your word comes to challenge, to convert, and to convict. We thank you, God, that in this we shall be transformed uh, by the renewing of our mind and by the washing of your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to say again, if you can be on screen, be on screen. If you can't, um, you know, Zoom has afforded us the ability to hide because we know if we were in a sanctuary, we'd all be looking at each other's faces or in a group together. So don't hide. Mariah, I love you. I did not forget about you. I was out for the count this week, but I, I'm going to call you this week. Come back, visit, hurry up. Um, again, welcoming Marcia back. Ma- Matthew chapter 14. Um, and so we're going to um, be talking uh, today Um, about an encounter uh, between Jesus and the disciples, and then one disciple in particular. And so I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation today, and we are going to start at the 22nd verse. Now hear me, this may be a passage some of you have read before or have heard before. This may be new to some of of you, Um, but this is going to definitely be a different take on the scripture than you've probably heard before, okay? And so just walk with me because we're talking about maturity. So starting at the 22nd verse, it says this, as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble. 
for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, 4 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. In verse 31, it says, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? Verse 32, and the very moment they both stepped onto the boat, the raging wind ceased. This is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you today from the subject, when maturity sinks. When maturity sinks, S-I-N-K-S. And so let's go back. As you all know, I, I always want to give some context. Jesus is, is, is in this interaction with all of the disciples, but in this text, it highlights Peter. Peter, who at this time is a disciple, who Jesus changed his na name to Cephas, but Peter, who becomes um, uh, the head of the apostles after Jesus's ascension into heaven, Peter, who speaks at the day of Pentecost to all of, uh, of the men, um, as they're approaching and they're hearing the gospel message in different languages and different tongues. And he preaches a message about Christ. And it says that many are saved, thousands in fact are saved that day. But Peter had humble beginnings with his brother, Andrew. He was a fisherman. <laughs> and so that was his job. And he left that job to follow Jesus in Jesus's earthly ministry, um, on the earth in the three years that that ministry took place from the time he was 30 to the time he was 33 years old before he was crucified. And Peter has firsthand accounts and knowledge. We've seen Peter be rebuked by Jesus as he rebuked Jesus, <laughs> right? We've seen Peter uh, get bold and, and strike against a soldier who's coming to arrest Jesus. But in this moment, we uh, see a Peter who really in the beginning is in line with the Peter who when Christ said, who do men say I am, is the Peter who comes into divine revelation and says, you are the Christ, you are the son of God. And Jesus says, flesh did not reveal that to you. And so we see very many variations of the fullness of who Peter is, but we also watch Peter come from a place of immaturity to maturity. Okay, and so now here they have been with Jesus and in Matthew at the beginning of Matthew of this specific chapter, John the Baptist is is literally killed at the top of chapter 14 by Herod. And so you have two stories going on. John the Baptist, who literally Elizabeth's son, who it was to prepare the way for Christ. John the Baptist, who baptized Christ and, and felt he should not because he's like, you are greater than I. But Jesus understanding there's a fulfillment of scripture. There's a fulfillment of prophecy that we must do this. 
And so now John, who has been preaching repentance, is now um, killed, beheaded, in fact, by Herod, um, literally by a dance from his stepdaughter, <laughs> who then says, if you do whatever you want, and she killed John the Baptist. And so John dies at the top of here. Now Jesus is out in the out with his disciples. They've done ministry. They have been with the people. And he says, I'm, I'm going to go up here. And he goes and takes a moment to pray and to be with his father. And he tells them to get into their boat. And so they're in their boat. And then the night comes and Jesus begins to do what only Jesus can do. And he's walking on the water to meet them. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I wish I could have been in that boat and watched him walk on the water. And all of them collectively are afraid because who's ever seen somebody walk on water? Who Who's ever heard someone call out from the sea? I mean, I think all of us would be like, what is happening? You know, um, I think in, in 2023, we might think it was a demon right like we'd be like wait a minute now that that ain't supposed to happen um but what i love about god what i love about christ is he will that's why it says he's omnipotent omniscient and omnipresent he is everywhere and he is exactly where we need him to be when we need him to what be and so here he is making his way on the water and when they come into the knowledge that is actually Christ. Peter is the only one who says, if it's you, bid me to come. But let's stop right there. They think it's a ghost. Jesus uses his voice to, to share with them who it is. And in, in verse 28, go to verse 28. Come on, go to verse 28. In verse 28, Peter literally says, Lord, if it's really you, let's just stop with that if. Because uh, Jesus has said that his sheep know his voice. Come on. And another voice they shall not follow. Here are 12 men who have been living with him, walking with him, learning from him, listening to him, you know, enjoying life. Uh, you know, they, are, they have a brotherhood in one respect, but they are also students and disciples of their brother, right? Who is the son of God. They have heard his voice over and over and over and over again. They have watched him perform miracles. They have seen him feed. They have seen him heal. They have seen him deliver. And when his voice goes across the waters, Peter shouts, if the first thing he says, Lord, if <laughs> he, it, now that, 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 that's confusing. Lord, if, so I'm going to, I'm going to call the name I think it is, but there's an uncertainty. And, 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 and here is, we've got to look at this. I don't think we usually, we don't, we don't stop right here in this text. We always like to get to the part where, you know, he's sinking and, oh, he, he lost faith. But let's just start at the fact of the matter is he was already questioning before he was sinking. 
And in our maturity, there's a difference in asking God a question and questioning who he is. I need us to see that because what we've been taught is you can't ask him no question. No, 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 no. You can ask all the questions. But a mature follower, right? And and, and I want to I want to I want to I want to say this so we because I know sometimes we hear words and we get confused. Here's what I'm not saying. In our maturity, in our development of our maturity, we learn the voice of our father. Okay? What I'm talking about is men who were living with Christ. Let me tell you something. I have known Ty a long time to that if I just heard her voice, I'd be like, that's Ty. <laughs> if I heard Tierra's but that's Tierra. If I heard Miss Dad, that's Miss Dad. I would know your voice. I wouldn't go, Ty, is that you? <laughs> because the, the moment I say Ty, it signals that I believe and that I know. But if I believe and I know, an if shouldn't follow. And so as soon as I say what I believe and I know, and I add that if, the if in this text, when you, when you exegete it out, it literally means uncertainty. And in our development of maturity, we have to work on our certainty. Are you certain that you know Christ? Are you certain that you know the Father? Are you certain that you know Holy Spirit? Am I certain about my relationship? Am I certain about his voice? Because what I can no longer do is put the label of God with uncertainty behind it. I, I, I can't do that anymore. In my immaturity, I could do that because I was still learning him. I was still getting acquainted with him. I was still, right? But in my maturity, either I know or I don't. Either I'm in or I'm out. Now, here's the thing. If I'm uncertain, I need to lead with that. <laughs> but what I got, what we got to stop doing is pretending we know but living in the if. Hear me, hear me. Church does a lot of this, pretending we know, pretending we're sure, pretending that was what he said, but I'm living in the if. I'm living in the uncertainty. And so let me tell you this, if I'm living in the if, there's no way doubt and fear aren't living with me too. If I'm living in uncertainty, there's no way that fear and doubt aren't closely behind. And so he says, Lord, he starts, y'all. Come on, go back. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then not only am I uncertain, now he puts a caveat, if it's really you. Is there a fake Jesus walking on the water we don't know about? <laughs> but he goes, really you? You know, like, you know how we'd be like, is that for real? Did they really say that? Come on, y'all know how we did. Are you really, did they really do that the way? He's like, so he questions multiple times the validity of the one he's been walking with, living with. Lord, I'm gonna identify that I rec I think I recognize your voice. However, if it's really you, 
So my, so Peter's uncertainty, it continues. If it's really you, then bid me to come. Here's what I'm thinking. If it's really Jesus, like if I already know it's Jesus, what I'm going to say is, Jesus, can I walk on water too? Can, can I come out? Is this, is this just a you thing or is this an us thing? Because here's what he's not questioning, which is interesting to me. He doesn't question if Christ is walking on the water. He questions if it's Christ. Does, has anybody ever, have you paid attention to that before? He's not questioning the action. I probably would be like, is he walking on water? I would be so fixated on what he's doing. But Peter is emphasizing who, if it's who he is. I need us to see that for a minute. Because yes, we can get so excited about Peter walked on the water. We can get excited about the moment. But we've got to understand that even before what happens later, he entered the situation with uncertainty. He entered the situation not knowing who, who was actually the one who was calling out. So let's move on. I, did, I, I need us to see that because we, in our, in our development of maturity, we must know the one we're serving. We must know the one we're following because when he calls your name and he will, when he asks you to take a risk and a, and a leap of faith as he will, you gotta know as soon as he speaks your name, he's calling you forward. You gotta know that when he, there's an ask awaiting you, but we've got to deal with our uncertainty. And we've got to be mature enough to say, in some areas, <laughs> I wanna, I, I, I want, I wanna walk on water, but I'm uncertain. Lord, there's a part of you I know but I'm uncertain about other aspects of you because if I knew you, I'd trust you to do what's the impossible. And so let me say this, the mature know the voice of God. And let me tell you this, you will continue to know it even more and, and, and how he speaks and what he says will continue to grow and deepen in you as you grow in your maturity and relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you just came in, we are at Matthew 14 and we are at verse 28. And so I needed us when we're talking about when maturity sinks, okay? So here's the thing at the top here at this exchange, uncertainty, let's move on. And so we go and it says, then in verse 29, Jesus says, come and join me. In other texts, because I'm reading out the Passion Translation, he says, bid me to come, which literally call me out. And so Jesus says, well, come, come and join me. And so verse 30, I'm sorry, come and join me. And so Peter steps onto the water and Peter actually begins to walk. 
Now, here's what I cannot ignore. He walked out in uncertainty. <laughs> it says so in my Bible. I know we all think he, get, he gets uncertain later, but there is already some uncertainty. But now, right, if it's you, if it's really you, if it's me, if it's Jesus. The last if I remember was Jairus, when Jairus said to Jesus, if you can heal my daughter. And he was like, if. <laughs> but that if will always, always signal uncertainty. It will always signal doubt. It will always signal fear. And we, the mature, have to get out of this place of uncertainty when it comes to who we serve and whose we are. We wanna walk around telling people about who he is, that they need to be saved, but yet our lives are so inconsistent and uncertain that why would anybody want a God that you are repping with uncertainty consistently? Will I do this if he do this? Well, if God, you come through this time, if you would heal me, if you would, and then you know what we do, I would do this. If you could, if you could, he can do anything. What you can't do is say nothing's too hard for God, but if. What you can't say is he's the God of, of impossibles, but if. What you can't say is he's a healer, but if. What you can't say, you, you, you can't do that. But we do it all the time. And so let's go. So he says, so he walks out on the water and then it says this in verse 30, but when he realized how high the waves, um, in some translation it says, but when he saw the waves, I don't even know if many of you have ever even looked at just that part. I think a lot of times we're like, he saw the winds of the way and all the right, we, we get to, and we talk about the distractions, but here's the thing. He was looking at them. Because in the text, to see when he saw, it means in, in, in we're, we're in the New Testament, which was written in the Greek. So when you were in the Greek and we're studying this out, it means that he looked and perceived. He saw something physical. He observed it in the natural and then began to perceive what he saw. And his perception of the moment took him out of the presence Come on. And the position he actually was in. He was in the presence of God and he was positioned on the water. And you need to know that many of you are positioned in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the Father, right? You're, you're in his presence and you're positioned somewhere. But what we perceive, what we discern in our humanity, because we are not allowing the divine nature in us to be greater than the humanity in us, that will always mess up your ability to see God clearly and to see what God is doing clearly because you are coming at it with a natural intelligence and with, a, with human thought. So Peter, already uncertain who's called him, already uncertain of what's happening, he literally steps on the water and it says it begins, it says, but when he saw, here's what I'm trying to figure out because Jesus is in front of you walking on the water, but you still see everything else. 
And here's what is our problem in our immaturity. God gets you to the place you asked him to bring you to. God positions you to in another level of faith and trust. God now plants you above the waters and above the waves. You are no longer in a position of under, but you are the head and not the tail. And he is in front of you saying, just look, just keep your gaze on me. Just keep moving forward to where I am. And what we're doing is looking all around him instead of keeping our eyes on him. What it doesn't say is he stepped out and then looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith. It doesn't say that, it doesn't say, he's sorry, he stepped on the water, right? It doesn't say he stepped out onto the water. It says that he began to walk towards Jesus. So he was going toward him, but he was looking around him. You cannot, but we, look, you can, let me not, let me not say it that way. What we got to stop doing, what we must stop doing is walking toward God, but looking everywhere else around God, because look, you will, your eyes will get caught up. You will get caught up. And so many times we were, we, have you ever had say, I, I, you probably said it to yourself, I was going this way and I don't know what happened. You know what happened? You, you moved your gaze. You know what happened? You, you started looking around. You know what happened? Uncert the uncertainty that you came into the situation with that was already in you now begins to present, present itself outside of you. The doubt you stepped on the water with now has your, you see where you are. You see what you're doing, but the uncertainty and the doubt in, inside of you now causes you to look everywhere else, but the place that's keeping you and holding you up. I hope you're hearing me this morning. And so it says that he when he saw it, when he perceived it, when he looked at it, then all of a sudden it says, but when he realized how high the waves were. Think about this. I'm already walking on the water. <laughs> I'm already on the high waves. I'm already on the high seas. But now all of a sudden, they, I, I see how high they really are. God, do this for me. God does it. And now what we do is talk about all the obstacles that could be in the way, all the things around. But I'm already here. I'm, I, he already brought me here. He already did the miracle. He's already shown up. Why now can I not just stay in the present moment in his presence so that I stay in position? Why now am I choosing to look everywhere else? Why now am I choosing to go backwards and not remain in the maturity and the growth that he brought me to? And so it says he became frightened and started to sink. Remember, we're talking about today when maturity sinks. He, he was frightened and started to sink. Let's talk about that. It says, when he saw how high the winds of the waves were, in some of your translations, it'll say, when he, see, when he saw the strength of the wind, 
the strength, the power, the force, the might, that's what it means in the Greek, of the wind, and that's figuratively. He saw how strong the wind was blowing, saw the might of it. And so here's what it is. The strength of the wind, the might of the wind, the force of the wind was greater than the power and the might and the force of Christ in that moment. And if we're honest, there's some moments that the might and the power and the force of a thing cause us to forget the might and the power and the force of our God. They cause us to forget that he is the alpha and the omega. It causes us to forget there is no one mightier. There is no one more powerful. There is no one more greater than our God. But we're looking at the vicissitudes of life, which means the issues of life. And they look like high waves. They look like waves that are about to crack, take us over and take us under. And yet we forget I've, I'm already wide. I'm already riding this wave. I'm literally on the surfboard of this wave standing up straight and I am riding it. It's not riding me. But here in this moment, he thinks the power and the might and the force of the wave is greater than that of Christ who is literally standing and had been walking. Y'all remember it says they were in the middle of the lake. Do you remember that? They were in the middle of the lake. Jesus was on the shore. Think about how far he had to walk to get to where they were. And he was not, the ways were not too high for him. The way, and it says greater work shall you do. Come on, somebody. We're, Jesus said, we're going to do greater, which then it means it takes a greater faith. It takes a greater trust. It takes a greater dis uh, discipline, a greater devotion. Because if I'm going to do greater than you did, <laughs> which still blows my mind that he says this, then I've got to, I've got to live like you live. I've got to be planted like you were planted. I got to see like you see. And then it says, he started to sink and he, he yells out, save me, Lord. This is what he cries out. Save me, Lord. And it says, just immediately, Jesus stretches out his hand, but let's go back. It says that when he became frightened, he started to sink. Frightened there means that he was alarmed. He was alarmed. Like you ever been in a situation and it's like, oh, oh, wait a minute now. This is on another level of, of scared. Like it, uh, where I'm from back in the day, I, we always knew at the end of a party, it was a countdown to when it was going to get shot up. Okay, so everyone was acutely aware, acutely aware that at any moment, look, what time is it supposed to be over? Oh, five, four, and I, literally, we would know. So we were acutely aware. Here's the problem. Because it was so frequent, we were less frightened. We just learned, which is weird, but it's true. We just learned what to do to remain safe. So I would go anywhere. I still do it. And before I know anything, I know where all the exits are. I bet you. <laughs> I'd be like, there's one over there, one over there. And I'm not saying this to anybody. I just know. Look here, anything go down, she's going to be safe. Okay. I, I know. Ashley, you know, you know where we're from. So <laughs> I'm going to be safe, but I'm not going to allow what I know. Here's what you need to remember life. It says this trials and tribulations. It doesn't say they may come, they're coming, sweetie. They're coming, sir, and they're probably coming very rapidly every day. But 
did we not overcome? Did, did Christ not overcome the world? Are we not more than conquerors? Are we not overcomers? Why are we still succumbing and sinking to situations and issues and people's mouths and people, come on, we allow their trigger to trigger us. Because please know triggers trigger. And in this moment, the wave was a trick. And oh, Holy Spirit, the wave was a trigger to his uncertainty at the beginning. See, when that, when those things still live in you, when doubt is still somewhere in your foundation, when rejection is still somewhere in your foundation, abandonment is somewhere still in your foundation, I can go on. When shame is still somewhere in your foundation, insecurity, trauma is still in your foundation, even as you're standing before God, even when God is doing miracle after miracle, he has shown up for you mighty and strong. Your triggers get triggered because you stop looking at the one who is your sustainer and your keeper. And for a moment, you think that the ways of life are greater and more powerful than the great God we serve. And that's because you have not dealt with those places in you that still live in you and you're trying to mask them with your with mm, like Peter did in the moment. I'm close to him. I I, I walk with him. I I, I I I I know him. You know how we do. Pretending that we are more mature than we are. Pretending we're somewhere we're not yet. Instead of being honest enough to say, Jesus, I see you. This is weird. I really want to try this, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little afraid. Because in the moment that we're honest about our uncertainty, the word comes and begins to, to heal that place and speak to that place. Because now we combat the fear, uh, the fright, our, our, our being afraid with his word. And so he says, Lord, save me. And it says immediately he stretches out his hand. That word sink there literally means to drown, <laughs> to be submerged, to go below the surface. I love this. If you, if you um, go into the Webster's Dictionary, the word sink means to die through submersion and inhalation of water. He was drowning. I, I, you know, I know this says sink. He was drowning. And when you are not in a place of maturity, when maturity begins to sink, because if we just look at it and we look at the development of Peter and the growth of Peter, even up to this point, we would say Peter is one of the mature ones. He's had divine revelation. He's been walking. He's been serving. He's, you know what I'm saying? We would say, and a lot of us have looked at people and been like, but they're the mature one. Yeah, but their maturity, when maturity sinks, so their maturity is sinking because what, what you can look mature and be real immature. You know, we, we, we have guidelines of what maturity looks like. But can I go back some? Can I go back some? Jesus already understood they were afraid. <laughs> let's go back. In verse 27, let's go to 25 when it says, about four o'clock, it says, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. And when the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed a ghost. 
And then it says in verse 27, then Jesus said this, be brave and don't be afraid. Jesus was already acutely aware of their uncertainty. He was already aware of them being scared because the way that they called out and their inability to recognize who it was. So he's clear and he he, he says, let, let me speak, let me speak faith and encouragement to them now. Be of good courage. Be be courageous. Who also said that, God? Joshua, but right in the book of Joshua, as they, as 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 they're making their way to the land of promise, over and over, God says, "Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Be courageous." And here He says, "Be brave," which means to have courage, and don't be afraid. Here's the thing: courage is a sign of maturity. Being brave, if you look up the word brave, it comes from the word bravo. And if you ever go to a performance, when, when people really love a performance, they clap and they say bravo because these people have, have shown up and have given of themselves and a vulnerability and they have, and have, have placed themselves in the work. They have done the work to become and now they have presented this work and, and we feel it so deeply and so profoundly that we give them applause because of this bravery and this courage. And you need to know that there are consistent bravos in heaven over your life. But we've got to, to be more brave and have more courage to leap higher and to leap further in our faith. But he understood because already of their lack of recognition of who he was, that he needed to encourage them. Come on, be brave. Don't be afraid. And he said, I am here. What I love is he told them who he was. And yet Peter goes, Lord, he said, I am here. I think one of their the names is I am. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm confused. He said, I am here. What he didn't say is, it's me, Jesus. Hey, guys, it's me. He said, I am here. He makes an emphatic statement. He, 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 he puts the nails and look, it's me. I'm, I am here. And even after the encouragement, even after the word, even after the acknowledgement of who it is and his position, there is still doubt and there is still fear. And in our immaturity, come on, we will ask God, prove yourself. Lord, is it really you? God, if this is you, do 18 things. God, if you really said this, you would do this, this, this. God, it, look, at some point, either you know his voice or you don't, but you got to stop playing these games. There's a difference between throwing a fleece and then trying to bargain with God. Gideon through fleeces. Most of us do bargains. If it's you, I do this. But if it's you, could you just show me about 20 things that make me know it's really you? Because the truth of the matter is I'm still uncertain about your voice and I'm still uncertain about how you move it. And that's okay. But in our maturity, we need to be able to say that. But in our immaturity, we play and pretend and, and posture for other Christians and other people. And what we don't realize is we are sinking right in front of them. And then in, in that, our witness is sinking right in front of them. We're continuing, come on, keep going with me. 
And so he plunges down and he drowns. But it says immediately, not, not, not immediately, Jesus stretches out his hands, he lifts him up, and he says, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? And this is in our maturity, we've got to say, hey, am I still moving and operating in little faith? I'm pausing there because I want you to think about that. And why am I letting doubt win? Because if we're honest, the body is letting doubt win in rapid proportions. And so Peter questions, he, he calls his name, questions who he is, twice. <laughs> then gets on the water and walks confirming that it's possible, confirming that, it, and yet, instead of keeping his gaze, he looks around, and now he's drowning. And here's the thing, many of us have been drowning a slow submerge. And to drown means to die. I want to be clear. If someone does not reach out, someone does not pull you up, when you drown, you die. And many of us are dying spiritually. We're drowning spiritually because doubt is winning. Fear is winning. Uncertainty is winning. And he says, why would you let doubt win? So I wanna ask you the question, why are you letting doubt win? Why does doubt keep winning? And then guess what we do? We don't take responsibility when doubt is winning because the truth of the matter is you have a choice to switch doubt to faith. You have a choice to switch doubt to faith. <laughs> to believe God at his word, to trust him when he says, to know that, that our time frame is not his time frame, but that when he speaks a thing, it is so, because he said it is so. That his word does not return to him void. You know, the only time it doesn't return to, that the time when the word is void is when you don't believe it. And so let's talk about maturity. Maturity, to be mature is to be full grown. I'm sorry, to be fully grown, to be a fully grown person. But maturity takes development. And you, we will keep maturing in the things of God until we leave this side of eternity and meet him in that side of eternity in heaven. Because we will continue to grow and evolve. He will take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And there will be higher dimensions in him and, and deeper depths of his word. So we will continue to mature. Please understand you haven't arrived. 
You may be mature here, but now he's calling you to another place that now you've got to mature there. And then he's going to call you to the next place and you've got to mature there. But let me let me say this. Maturity will never come from uncertainty. Maturity will never bloom from doubt. Maturity will never will, will never rest in fear. Why are you letting doubt win? And after he pulls him out, they both get back in the boat. And then the raging ceases. What he saw ceases once they're back in the boat. And a lot of us don't realize you're safer with Christ than you're safer in your own comforts. God does not work in comfortability but many of us feel like I'm safer in my own comfort and what I know than I am with Christ. He was actually safer on the water with Jesus. <laughs> but his perception, what he observed, caused his maturity to sink. And many of us are growing and maturing, but we're allowing life to cause our maturity to sink. We're allowing moments where we're not taking responsibility when we're going back and forth with a person, right? The question we talked about earlier and our maturity is sinking. It says, then all the disciples bowed down before him and worshiped. They said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. Think about this. He wasn't truly the son of God when he just spoke. When he, when, he, when he showed up, but now he's truly, come on, you know we've done that. God, you did it for me. You said, right, like all the things I asked for, all the things I, you, I asked you to let me come. I asked you to let me do, you've proven yourself, but yet now, oh no, I'm scared. So I'm thinking, give me back, give me, put, come on, come, go back with me. And now we're like, oh yeah, you, you really got <laughs> he was really God in the scary place. He was really God in the hard place. He was really, come on, he was really God when you were suffering. He was really God when you were doubting. He was, he's always really God. But do you really know that? And that's the question. Because if you don't know who they really are, your maturity will always sink. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.